Hi everyone, Donald Lowry here, and I'm the marketing director for Contra Radio Network. You know what helps me sleep well? Physical gold. Gold IRAs help people diversify. The best gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals with thousands of happy customers. Learn why Americans get gold IRAs. Get Augusta's free guide. Text CONTRA to 68592. That's C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. Or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Well, hello, my friends. We are back again for another episode, and we've got some great topics for you. And uh, more importantly, I've got my buddy Clay here. Say hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Happy week. Good to be back. Good to see Elsa, as always. Absolutely. We are ready to party right after this. here we are. I got to smooth out that, that intro. I got to get that nice into a smooth, like that song just dead stops. And here we are. That's all right. Nobody minds that. Right. I, I mean, it's obviously we're ready to go, right? Yeah, we're ready. That's what it, that's what it is. Clay. We're just ready. We're so excited to to talk about the stuff and things that we, we got to get around to. I like that. I like how you just like, you smoothed that over for me. I'm like, oh, that was graceless. And Clay came in. He's like, here's some grace. I got it. Partners. That's what we do. Yes. I love it. I love it. So um, Clay was the man this week. I was a big old slacker. And uh, Clay gave us the topics for this week, which I was really, really relieved because I, um, I was a slacker. So uh, I, I like these. These are good. Uh, first up, I, I love this. Uh, just because I can't wait to show the picture. But first up, we are talking about uh, we're talking about the the U.S. Senate has uh, gotten rid of their dress code. So basically, uh, I'll sum it up. Basically, it's um, the Walmart of (laughs) it is now the U.S. Senate is now Walmart. (laughs) As an elected official, because everybody else visitors if you get called to testify if you're a staffer you still have to abide by the dress code women business dress and men coat and tie unless you're an elected official and there you can wear whatever you want every time i think i can't get more embarrassed by how our government is is running being run they do something new. Uh, and this is uh, right up there. And now, please correct me if I'm wrong. If I understand right, this has a lot to do with this clown. <laughs> it, it has everything to do with that clown. Um, it is, it's already being called the Fetterman rule. It's, that's the common vernacular, in, both in the media and actually in the Senate itself. They're calling it the Fetterman rule. Um, and, you know, being from Pennsylvania, where he is from and who he represents, you know, it hits a little closer to home. And listen, I, the guy has always dressed like that. Um, they allowed it when he was here in the state of Pennsylvania as a lieutenant governor. Um, and and that's who he portrays himself to be, which is one of the more irritating things 
about all of this. He portrays himself to be this working class guy with tattoos and a hoodie or these really loose Charlie Sheen-esque bowling shirts and, you know, his his athletic shorts where he clearly skips leg day at the gym all the time for a big man. But the reality is he's not that guy. He comes from a wealthy family, a very wealthy family, grew up wealthy, did not grow up blue collar working class, has never worked blue collar working class. He just portrays himself to be that way. And, you know, to me and to most people, it just comes off as slovenly. He's lazy. You know, and even in when he was campaigning, he said, I will abide by the dress code. I understand that in the Senate, there's a dress code. And and if elected, you know, when he beat Dr. Oz, he said, I will abide by the dress code. Shows up to work, goes to the hospital, comes back to work, goes to the hospital again. And now they're making, you know, allocations specifically based on him. Nobody else asked for this. Right. And and he's the guy that's getting the the free pass that now everybody's going to take advantage of. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, are they going to be showing up in their pajamas? I mean, can you just, can you imagine? I mean, they can, they basically can now. And, you know, I'm sure I, you know, part of me wonders if somebody's going to, going to do that just, um, you know, just to make a point, just to somebody say like, will. really, I hope somebody does. I hope somebody, somebody shows will. up and, you know, in their, their feety pajamas and, and says, what you said, we can wear whatever we want. So, you know, no dress coat. So we can, you know, we can show up in our pajamas if we want. It's crazy. It's just crazy to me. He took a shot back. I guess Marjorie Taylor Greene um, took a shot at him about the dress code on X, not Twitter. Used to yeah. be Twitter. Right. <laughs> now X. She took a <laughs> shot at him about the dress code. And then he took a shot back on about the fact that she showed, um, you know, naked pictures of Hunter Biden that were pulled directly from his laptop. Right. Clearly, and she, you know, she said before she showed him, hey, parental advisory, you know, if you're watching this on C-SPAN or whatever, there's some things that are going to be shown that you don't need to show your kids, right? And it's it was evidentiary, right? She was trying to show yes. this is the kind of stuff that's out there. Now, was it a little over the top? Okay, fine. Yeah, but there's some theater involved with that. This is day-to-day business. This is right. you're altering day-to-day business based on one guy. One right. guy. It's, yeah, you mean to tell me when you roll out of bed, you can't find a pair of pants, just a simple, basic pair of pants. I mean, I'm not even asking the guy to put on a suit, but just look, maybe don't look like you just, uh, you know, got back from, like you said, from the gym or something. I mean, have a little decorum, have a little respect, have a little dignity, you know, and I'll tell you what, I'm, a, you know, we go to church every Sunday and and uh, I'm a I am a fan of dressing. I don't dress up. I mean, you know, I'm not dressed, you know, in a, uh, to the nines, but we look nice. We look like we're going somewhere special that is special and, and uh, in, you know, important and that we care that we just simply care about how we look. And and, you know, we are in that societal mindset now of, you know, well, we could do whatever we want. We can look however we want dress however it doesn't matter who cares. And, and I'll be honest with you. I care. I care. I think, you know, and I'll tell you what, my poor grandmother, God bless her and rest her soul. And she's turning in her grave when she sees all this. Now that woman, maybe she was a little extra, 
you know, but my grandmother, she would wear her heels and full makeup to go down to the mailbox to get the mail. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that they were old school. You know, you, if you went out anywhere, anytime you always looked, you know, presentable at the very least. I mean, you know, you don't have to look like you just came out of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't even think of this. How little I shot. You know, we're not asking for that. You find me another, um, you know, governmental body assembly of any kind it, anywhere in anything outside of a third world nation that doesn't dress appropriately. Let's mm-hmm. just call it appropriately, professionally, whatever you want to call it, but appropriate to the position that they're in. And yes. I know to some people, maybe they don't care. Or some people probably think, like you said, it's a little bit extra to be dressed in a suit or whatever. I, I would tell you that the expectation of the American public is that our representatives, your representatives, their representatives, is that they're putting on their best professional face. Um, and and so the next question is, what what goes out the window next? The mm. dress code's gone, right? So he's going to be walking around in you know his hoodie and his and his you know basketball shorts, and like you said, somebody else is going to test it. You know, in my mind, it's going to be somebody like, and maybe she's in probably in a little bit more trouble right now, but uh, Bobert, right? Like she'll be the one who'll walk in in a pair of footy pajamas or something, just like, just to make the point. Um, But then does the, because you know, there's a, there's a language code also in the chamber, right? So, you know, you can't, and and I'm fairly confident there's a fine system that goes into play too, Right. Mm -hmm. You drop an F-bomb in there in, you know, while they're in session, those kinds of things. And it can be heard and it's public like there's a warning system and then there's finding. And then there's, you know, if you're if you're late. Right. You remember the whole you can't carry a gun in there. So they put up the metal detectors. And if you're late, you're going to get fined. You know, so there's punishments that go with the decorum of the chambers. So what's the next thing that goes out the window? Is Mm -hmm. it since the dress is gone? So now is it we're going to be able to say whatever we want in there? Um, Does it matter? Um, right. Is it, and, and it's just the step next step in the degradation of the, you know, classiness or lack of class, you know, in our government. And it's shameful. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It is. It's it, that, I mean, that's the that's the word right there. Uh, the nutshell word. It is embarrassing. And, and you know, and you know as well as I do that there's going to be people that are going to sit and watch this or or you know having their own commentary about uh, this topic and they're going to be like oh what's the big deal the big deal is exactly what you said clay what's next you know this is just it's just the beginning it's like the the door getting you know creaked open and they're going to keep pushing it open wider and wider and wider and, you know, I, there's plenty of, of examples of that, you know, in recent history, throughout history, every time you give an inch, they want to take a mile and yeah. then another mile and then another one. And, um, you know, it's, ju- it's just that decline, that gross decline of all civility and decency and um, appropriateness that is just disappearing right before our eyes and uh, being erased among other things, you know, yet another thing of a, of a civilized society that is being erased. And, um, you know, 
mark my words. I have a girlfriend who always says, you know, we always get nervous when she says mark my words, because every time she says it, it means it's going to happen. And, uh, but I'm telling you, you know, mark my words. Um, This is the beginning uh, of a, a, yet another series of, of decline in, in our society, you know, when it comes from the top, you know, it's coming right from the top. Less and less people, fewer and fewer people have the courage to enforce a standard. And that's really what it boils down to. Nobody wants to be argumentative if they don't have to. Nobody wants to be, you know, we're we're breeding ourselves out of being confrontational because it makes people uncomfortable, right? And honestly, because he is who he is, and truthfully, his, you know, however long he's been sitting in his seat has not been all that stellar. The guy has barely been to work that, you know, people are, oh, well, We'll just we'll, we'll we'll make this, you know, exception for him, which is now turned into an exception for everybody. But right. it's because nobody wants to look at him and go, you know, man, I, I I hate the fact that you had a stroke. I hate the fact that you have anxiety. And I know that when you came out of Pennsylvania, you were in a hoodie and shorts. But here we wear suits and ties. Sorry, that's the standard. Right. And you got to do it. Nobody wants to do that. No, nobody wants to be the bad guy. Um, so the easiest thing to do is just not. And you just right. let it happen. Um, because people just, they don't have that intestinal fortitude to enforce it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right because it is, you know, other, otherwise it's impossible to wrap your brain around. Like, so one person can't have the sense or the decency to, to dress appropriately for the setting. Um, so we'll just bend everything for this one person, you know, and they made, I I read an article, you know, they're making a, making a big thing about the fact, well, the poor guy, you know, he had to stand outside the door to be able to give his vote and everything. (laughs) Well, it's very simple solution. Dress right. It's choice. Yeah. Rules are the rules. Sorry. Mm. You want to stand outside the chamber and yell and you don't want to be seen on C-SPAN? Put your suit on, man. Put on a tie like everybody else. Everybody else, you know, you know. Oh, I, uh, that guy, man, I mean, if you want to sum up everything that's wrong, he's probably one of the many great poster childs for everything that's wrong. Pretty high on the list. Yeah. Pretty high on the list. I mean, I, you know, moving on, moving on, right. Moving on to the next topic. Yeah. You know, this is, so the next thing we're talking about is, is, uh, my, Hometown. I'm a mm-hmm. Chicago kid, born and raised, right? You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Deal, did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? And gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying. And there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. They have thousands of happy customers. And they are absolute best. They are amazing. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of their retirement portfolios. You need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious about this. So text CONTRA to 68592. Again, text C-O-N-T-R-A 
to 68592. Contra to 68592. Or go to com. Um, at least on the, you know, the greater Chicago metropolitan area, um, the city of Chicago or good portions of it, the lower income, rougher parts of the city, the West side and South side are becoming what they call food deserts, mm-hmm. right? The grocery stores are leaving, closing their doors, Walmart leaving, closing their doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of the high crime. Walmart right. has lost $10 million dollars per store over the last few years because of theft. No business is going to stay there because of that. Right. So what the city, the city's, you know, solution to this is um, government owned, government run grocery stores in these neighborhoods. So Chicago, and I have visions of, you know, communist Soviet union bread lines, like a government run grocery store and, Nothing run by the government runs well. I, I mean, we, we know this. Yes. Um, but now they're going to try and run a business, right? <laughs> and and this is the same city that has just gone safe act, right? So there's no bail, mm-hmm. cashless bail now. So all criminals, they can walk into now a city-owned grocery store, steal from it, get arrested, and then the cops release them right away. So they're being, you know, they're they're committing a crime against the same people that are going to release them back into the wild. It's craziness. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the fact that this is one step closer to socialism and then into communism. Now that you have government run grocery stores in, you know, acting as the norm. Right. Yeah. It's um, it, it gives me chills, honestly, a little bit. And, and the funny thing was, you know, that you first of all, that you made the the Russian, uh, the breadline reference, because it was the first thing that came to my mind when I started pulling up this this information and this research. As soon as you threw it out there as a topic, that was that was the image that came to my mind. And it's so funny that you said that. And I think one of the articles I was I was reading, you know, made made a similar type of of reference to that, uh, you know, that that image and uh, that reality. It's not even just an image. It's it's a reality because it's probably what it, it will will look like, you know, get in line, get your, get your number. You can shop on certain days if you're, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and it, you know, and I have this video here. It's a, it's a short video uh, just to take a look at it's, and it's not just Chicago. I think it's a, I think it might be just three different locations. One of them is Chicago, but, uh, but take a look. Just the mass looting. They can't. They're not allowed. The uh, security. You see the security guy in that last one. It's a security guy with his camera, just you know, recording it, and that's all that they can do. And uh, you know, places like Chicago, and there'll be others soon to follow. Uh, I would pretty much guarantee that their their idea of a solution 
is to not fix the problem, not stop the crime, not uh, enforce any kind of laws or, or anything along those. Their idea is to, well, we'll just have city-owned grocery stores. Don't worry about it. You don't need a Whole Foods. You know, you don't need those kind of options. Um, you just, we'll, we'll take care of everything. And, uh, you know, wasn't that Reagan who said something about, uh, the government? What is the seven, something about seven words? I'm I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, and here we are. And and then there's, you know, but the problem will always be the same problem. There's always going to be people that stand there with their hands out and go, okay, thank you more, please. And don't understand what's happening to them and, uh, and don't care. They don't care. So I don't even know what you do with that. I mean, how do you how do you fight against that when the very people that are the ones being affected by it don't care? They're like, whatever, doesn't matter to me. I mean, you just let it go and say whatever. But then then the uh, the bleed out from it, it just it will extend and extend and extend. And that's scary. Another image of this, right? The, the turn of the century, shortly after the coal mines, right? And a lot of people don't even know this part or fewer, fewer people know this part of American history. But the mining towns, especially in the Appalachians, right, the coal mine towns, you know, you've, you've heard this, the term the company store, right? There were towns that literally had, they were owned, the mine was owned by a company, right? All the houses were owned for all the workers. All the workers lived in houses that were owned by the mining company. The store was owned by the mining company. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, the people were paid in script that was printed by the mining company that was only good at their store. And, you know, so this is what we're, tur- this is what this is turning into. So you've got people living in government housing. You've got people, those same people on government subsistence running around with an EBT card and now they're going to be shopping at the company store because it's the only thing available to them. Oh, by the way, throw in the Obama cell phone program. Um, but they're becoming more and more dependent upon the the government itself for every facet of life. Free Internet. Oh, by the way, in Chicago. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything that they do, every piece of their life is becoming dependent upon the government. What does that do? That keeps them there. It keeps them in that location. They are voting where they want them to vote, right? This is yep. this is keeping a Democratic blue stronghold in one place. Yes. City of Chicago, right? Hasn't been a Republican mayor there in over 100 years. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad things get, still blue. And it always right. will be because they keep that voting population in one place. Dominates the city, dominates the state overrules the entire state of Illinois, city of Chicago. And this is how they control it. This is how the people are being controlled. Make them dependent upon the government for every facet of their life. And that's the, this is the next step. This is where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's no question about it. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And, and um, you know, and again, more than in just Chicago, any of these major cities, uh, it's it's copy, copy and paste. Right. It's just yep. copy and paste in all of them. Same thing. Uh, my husband told me a story a while back. Never forgot it about uh, a co-worker of his. Um, and as you know, my husband's in law enforcement and, uh, this, this coworker of his, uh, worked, uh, his beat years ago, uh, was in the city 
and uh, he got very involved, community involved, and uh, he was working with some activists in the area who were there supposedly to, uh, uh, you know, help help the poverty stricken, help lift them and elevate them and do the right things. Uh, supposedly, and they were making great progress. There was a lot of turnaround happening. You know, things were getting done. Buildings were getting uh, renovated and lots of great things were happening. And the activists, the activists whose job was to do these things uh, said to my husband's coworker, um, we got to stop, got to stop got to stop fixing things, got to stop making it better. And he was baffled. He's what, what? We're making great progress. We're doing, we're doing great things here. You know, look what's happening. You know, we're, we're getting these people out of these situations. And so he's, yeah, that's exactly the problem. If we do that, if we do our job too well, we're out of a job. And that was, and that is a 100% true story. So the people that are in these cities claiming to be for these people and helping them, it is a lie, lie, lie. And it's devastating to know that these people have no idea. They have no idea that they are just pawns in a, in a dirty. Have you or someone you know ever had a hard drive crash? Or maybe your cell phone or tablet died taking all of your pictures with it. You've thought about backing up your data, but all of the plans out there cost too much money for just a little bit of storage space. Well, now there's a solution. Got backup? That's right, Got Backup will allow you to back up unlimited devices, up to six terabytes of data for only $9.97 a month. And that's not all. You can earn commissions by referring friends and family too. Got Backup is the only data storage center that allows you to earn income on your referrals. Check out Got Backup now. Log on to john-jeffers.com. That's john-jeffers.com. Log on now. disgusting game you know i can remember as a kid i shouldn't say kid i was probably in my late teens but you know wgn chicago right everybody used to watch the cubs wgn on cable um but watching wgn news and there was an interview south side uh i think it was uh robert taylor homes which were right across from um old Sox park where the white Sox played um and there was a grandmother mother daughter actually all Three of them were mothers. So there was actually four generations. The youngest was holding a baby. Mm. They all lived in Robert Taylor homes. They all grew up in Robert Taylor homes. They all spent their entire life from the time that the place opened up. The oldest generation had been living there. Mm. Her children were born there. They lived there. Her children were born there. They lived there. And now a fourth generation was, was, you know, being born and being raised there. It's it now granted. And all, everybody from Chicago will tell you, Robert Taylor homes are gone. Government housing is not, right? The situation right. hasn't changed. It's just a different facility. But that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's about keeping people in one place so that they can manage and manipulate them how they need to. And in most yeah. cases, it's about voting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, you could take that in, in every every direction, you know. So they've got, they've got the, the poor 
uh, manipulated and held down and dependent. That is the, yeah. the key word there, completely dependent. Um, and that's great, but there's still too many people on the other side of things. So that's not good. So let's just, uh, oh, I know, let's just let lots of migrants through and, and let them vote. You know, they'll, they'll vote for us because we'll just give them everything too. And, um, you know, they're doing it. They're doing it and it's working because here we are, you know. The unintended consequences, truthfully, and I'm starting to hear this from from friends. I know in Chicago I keep referencing it, but that's kind of where we're at, is that there is a backlash from the African-American population in Chicago who are saying, all you people that we put in office who made all these promises to us to take care of us, to improve our lives, you're pushing us to the side and you're prioritizing all these illegal immigrants that are being, you know, bust in. You're taking care of them in spite of us taking money away from all the projects and things you said you're going to do for us. And now you're pushing it towards these, these migrants that are coming, you know, being bust up from the border. So there is a backlash that's coming and, and is happening and growing a little bit in some of these bigger cities from the poor, the manipulated, those folks who've been, you know, kind of controlled because now they're not getting anything they're getting, or they should say they're getting less um, mm-hmm. because now you've got a new population that we're targeting to control. And that happens to be this migrant population that's being bust up from, from the border. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, Lori Lightfoot uh, inadvertently started <laughs> that, uh, that one, Beetlejuice, right? Yeah. Uh, She's gone. <laughs> Not that things have improved, but she no, was no, no. What's yeah. his name? Brandon Johnson, right? That's yeah. uh, who we've got now. But she was, um, she. I think she started raising some eyebrows finally towards the end there when she was uh, keeping uh, a really pretty great security police security detail yeah. for herself and her partner and protecting her home and uh, her life, essentially. Well, not essentially, literally. And um, leaving these impoverished uh, areas, these poor areas that the crime, because of the whole defund the police uh, nonsense, were left unprotected. And these people were getting victimized and by violent crime. You know, we're not just talking about petty theft. We're talking about murder. You know, the murder rate went up. Homicide rate uh, went up, uh, you know, astronomically. And they're like, well, Where's, you know, we know how many cops are around the job. Where are they? Oh, they're protecting you. Oh, okay. That doesn't feel right. You know, so I think she accidentally started some, uh, some awareness there, but it just, not enough, clearly not enough. Uh, It's, uh, you know, in this, um, you know, we're, this whole topic is, is really, it's in, kind of indicative of, of a lot of things that are going on right now, or at least I think things that are becoming more are coming more to light. There be the, yeah. the shadows are kind of moving away. I think people are starting to see more. You touched on it with the Lori Lightfoot thing and, and people are starting to act. They're starting to change their minds. They're starting to, you know, we've got the, you know, go woke, bro- go broke, right. We're starting mm-hmm. to see some more backlash when it comes to things like that. But, you know, move, moving on to this kind of third topic we're talking about, this is where it's starting to really impact things is for the second year in a row, the military is not meeting recruiting goals. It's two years in a row. That and I'll this talk about is, scary. It, it is scary. So for those that don't know, last year was, was an interesting year because the military, two of the services for sure did not meet recruiting goals. Um, 
and really what happens in the recruiting world. I didn't work in the recruiting world when I was in the army, but I understand how all of this works because we had to worry about retention, right? The active forces, you have to worry about keeping people in because that also affects your numbers, right? It's not just new bodies coming in, but it's keeping bodies in, right? So we had to worry about retention. Everybody had a target that we were supposed to retain in numbers. Um, and what you would do, especially, so the fiscal year in the military goes from 1 October to 30 September. It's not January to December, it's October to September. So in and around July, you would start looking at your numbers for the year and you would say, oh, well, we've already hit this or we're at 97%, we'll get a couple more. And then after we hit 100, we'll hold guys, their reenlistment, and in this case for the recruiters, it's their enlistment, we'll hold them until the 1st of October, we know we've got them. They're already committed. They've already said they're good, but we'll hold their paperwork until the 1st of October. And then they'll count towards next year. Right. Mm. So the Marine Corps and then I think it was a Marine Corps in the Navy last year, they had to dip into that forward year to make their goal. Army and Air Force both missed completely. Even digging into that you know, kind of pool they had, they they still missed. Navy and I think it was Navy and Marine Corps. I know it was Marine Corps for sure, but I think it was Navy and Marine Corps. They dipped into that pool, brought everybody back into fiscal year 22, and they made their goal. But they didn't have that pool already into fiscal year 23, so they started behind the curve. Army, all four services started behind the curve. They didn't have that bench built of, of folks waiting to get in. So they started the year behind and they never caught up. And now the entire service, I, I'm confident it's across all four services right now, are not going to meet recruiting goals for fiscal year 2023. It, it's not It's not happening. They're not Ooh. making it. So, so talk to me about cause, you think, or you know, because I, I, I would only be putting out guesses. So talk to me about cause and then let's talk about consequence. What do you think the cause of this uh, steep decline is? So I, I think that probably if I could list three, and one of them is, mm-hmm. is minor, but it's somewhat significant. Um, the first one I think is there is a, a lack of, um, and I say this in the urban areas, truthfully, right? Middle mm-hmm. America, the South, um, truthfully, those, those places, the Great Plains, all the quote-unquote flyover states, and then in the South, you're always going to get those, those red states, and you're going to have people who feel that duty, honor, country, patriotism. They're going to sign up regardless. Um, the, the bluer states, and especially in the urban areas, there is very, very little loyalty, and in my, my opinion, declining loyalty to the country, to serve the country, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and that, I think, plays a huge part in it. Um, I think secondarily, I think you're getting a lot more disqualified candidates, mm. okay? And and here's here's one of the bigger things that people don't think about. The federal government still says that marijuana is illegal. No, no, I don't care what your state says. I don't care if you have a prescription. The federal government says, no, if you're okay. a marijuana user, you cannot join the military until you are clean. You uh, have to pass the urinalysis to get into the military. Okay. And oh, by the way, you can't use again once you're in the military and you have to know that going in. Yeah. 
So <laughs> the recreational legalized drug use in, in many states, cause it's growing everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. every, all, all across the country. I think that is a disqualifier along with a lack of general physical fitness. The mm. military has gone to, um, fitness camps. I hate saying that because it just sounds horrible, but it's like, it's like a fat camp, like sure. kids who, who want to join the military, who can't do it right now because they're just in such poor physical condition. They will send them to a camp to get them into shape, to meet the bare minimum standard to come into the military. And then once they come in, then they still have to continue to improve to meet the continued standard for service in the military. So I think the general physical fitness of America is, is down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, so that also, you know, you eliminate a lot of potential candidates right off the bat with that one. Um, And then the last, the last one, and I said, this is smaller, but I think it's significant is Mm -hmm. the military for a very, very long time has been, especially since it's became an all volunteer force, but the military has habitually been a family business. Right. right. My my both of my grandfathers served in World mm-hmm. War II. My dad is a Vietnam era veteran, you know, spent four years in the Air Force during the Vietnam War. I served right now. I have a son who is approaching age service age. Mm-hmm. Um, I There is no expectation of of me towards him for him to serve. I, yeah. I don't. It, the army that I joined way back in 1992 is not the army of today. Um, I I don't push it on him. I don't, right. if he wants to, that's fine. That's entirely up to him. But there was expectations for a lot of families. And I know a lot of them. I served mm-hmm. with a lot of them, multi-generational, Hey, spoken or unspoken, you're, you're going in the military, right? You're going to serve, you're going right. to follow in your dad's footsteps. You're going to do what your grandfather did. Those kinds of things that the veteran influence encouraging young men and women to continue to serve the next generation, I think that is also on the decline. So if you don't have those of us who spent 20 plus years fighting, right? The generation, the war generation, the global war on terror generation, if you don't have us encouraging those, the next generation to serve, you have lost one of your biggest recruiting tools that you have that you're not even paying for. Mm-hmm. The military doesn't, you know, they don't pay us to say anything, right. they pay us to encourage kids. But if we're not encouraging them to serve, that's one less tool in the kit bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I'm going to I'm going to take a wild guess that the recruitment videos and advertisements and promotional material that you read and watched back in the day is uh, is a, a little bit different than what I'm about to show. And and I hate to do this to you because it's probably going to be like a knife in the heart, but but this is uh, one that I just recently pulled up. This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot missile defense systems. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life, a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, 
But what had I really achieved on my own? I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength. Yeah, so that's um, that's a, a current recruitment video, a relatively current uh, recruitment video for the U.S. Army. Now, I just want to, before we discuss it, I want to, I want to compare it to uh, this Russian recruitment video. То, что было вчера, не имеет значения. То, кем ты был прежде, уже никого не волнует. Теперь важно то, кем ты будешь сегодня. Что ты знаешь о себе? На что ты способен? Вопросы могут остаться без ответов, но разве ты сможешь потом спокойно спать? Узнать тебя, познать границы своих возможностей. К черту границы, ты готов ломать себя до изнеможения. Каждый день здесь боль закаляет. Шрамы, повседневность. Это ты решил себе что-то доказать. Командир здесь только для того, чтобы ты мог увидеть в нем врага. Потому что без врага нет боя, а без боя нет победы. Но на самом деле, главный враг это ты. Вчерашний ты. Твоя задача выследить врага, догнать его, превзойти, стать лучше, чем он, и вернуться назад победителем. So a little bit different vibe. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to speak Russian to, to catch the, you know, the, the vibe of that whole thing. And, and yeah. listen, the, the army recruiting has been floundering for a while because they they don't, they, they just keep perpetually missing the mark. From army of one through now, they actually have brought back be all you can be. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but they have literally resurrected, I kid you not, they have resurrected be all you can be from when I was a kid, right? Yeah. I remember those, right? Yeah, I um, remember those very well. Sure, right? They have brought that back because everything between be all you can be and now has been a mess. Army right. of one, right? What you just, you know, the, the things like you just showed, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it, it's, it has not worked. We relied upon the war and global war on terrorism and all of those things to bring soldiers in. We made some, you know, some decisions along the way. I can remember during the surge 2007 ish, right? Mm-hmm. We were, we weren't missing recruiting goals or retention goals, but we were below. They increased the authorization for the army. We were allowed to have more soldiers than what you know we had had in the past. So we had to up our game a little bit. And really, what they ended up doing was lowering standards. Mm-hmm. This is, and I'm not, you know, I'm not making this up. This is a real thing. We let in more um, GED holders, mm-hmm. right? It just there's a there's a cap that the military right. keeps. We let more in. We allowed more, truthfully, more criminals, more felons. We um, allocated or allowed more pe- more waivers for things like facial and neck tattoos. Um, we, you know, like right. previous, you know, like I said, criminals, criminality was allowed. It, there was waivers for that, depending on the severity of what it was. We allowed, we lowered our standards to fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. Well, we're the wars over, right? We've, we've, right. you know, uh, that whole mess in Afghanistan, you know, that exfil out of there. Um, so now we, we've got nothing to, to draw on. Like uh, we don't yeah. even have the war. We don't have the, you know, go defend your country, go kill terrorists, go. We, we don't have that. Sure. That, that's not even a tool. We don't even have that available to us. So those in the recruiting command who are trying to figure this out, 
you know, they're aiming at small populations. That's what you saw in that video that right. you showed, right? The cartoon. They're aiming yeah. at a very specific, very small population. Yeah. Um, and they're spending a lot of money to do it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that how many, you know, specifically kids who grew up in a house like that mm-hmm. with two moms on the West Coast, like that speaks to a very small population. Right. Do they need to be recruited? Sure. Do they sure. need to be targeted that specifically? And is the bang for the buck there? I would argue no. It's a miss. That's a miss. Yeah. Um, and and they're just they're throwing darts and they're throwing darts in the dark right now is what it seems like. I mean, if mm-hmm. we're reaching back to 1978 to be all you can be to pull that forward because we can't think of anything better. Right. We have a serious, serious problem. And, and a lot of it resides in the folks that are making decisions in the recruiting and advertising world yeah. um, to, to fill those gaps. It's just right. not working. Yeah. And that is uh, and that is nothing against anyone in, in yeah. uh, alternative family lifestyles or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever the, the new terminology for everything and anything is that, uh, you know, whatever, nothing really uh, uh, well, nothing at all against them. Uh, they certainly can can serve and serve well and do all those things. But, you know, for me personally, when I think of the military, I think of badassery. I think of toughness and ruggedness. And I don't necessarily mean just men, although that is first what comes to my mind. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, I won't I won't win any feminist awards saying the things that <laughs> I say, but I'm OK with that. Uh, you know, but but yeah, I, I think toughness ruggedness, ruggedness, um, you know, just physical, mental strength. And, you know, that sounds like an ad for somebody who's going to go work in a nice little office somewhere, not serve your country. And, and, you know, I don't know, that's just me. (laughs) No, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's been a lot of consideration about who to target, um, for recruiting. And I know that especially now that we've got Space Force and Cyber Command and all these other things where, you know, especially when it comes to the cyber world, right? Do you need somebody who can run, you know, two miles in 12 minutes? Do you need somebody who can bench press 300 pounds? Do you need somebody who can do all those things? You don't need a super soldier for that. You need somebody who's really friggin' smart, right? And who knows and understands computers. But that does not you know, excuse or eliminate the need for a, an individual to have self-discipline, to be physically fit, to be capable of fighting, right? We learned in this last mm-hmm. war, there's no such thing as a rear echelon, right? right. The, the whole women are never on the front lines went right out the friggin' window in mm-hmm. 2002, 2003, because there right. was no law, right? right? You know, women were that were, had been excluded from combat roles forever, literally mm-hmm. up until that point, we're now in the middle of it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Lynch, right? She got captured. Right. Why? She was in a convoy, right? That right. just happened to be driving through and they got ambushed, and you know, Jessica Lynch, and she ended up getting, you know, captured in Iraq, right? There right. was no more front line. So it's got nothing to do with, or it has less to do with the job that the military needs you to do, but your responsibility as a soldier to be capable of fighting, can we find people who are really friggin' smart and can do computer stuff and, oh, by the way, pass the basic minimum physical fitness? Sure we can. We just right. got to figure out, you know, what is that key 
What is how do we recruit equally across the board that is effective for the money that's being spent? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and the military analyzes this all the time. They don't. There are no more. There is no more U.S. Army NASCAR. There is mm. no more U.S. Air Force NASCAR. You know why? Because the people who watch NASCAR, you don't have to recruit them into the military. They're oh, all gotcha. Money, okay. Right? Yeah. All yeah, that makes sense. It's wasted money. You know, right. it, you're not getting anything more out of that population. Mm-hmm. The question is, how are we targeting the folks in, you know, the metro urban areas? Right. How are we targeting the kids who truthfully come from more affluent families? Right. Right. We're, we're not. And that's the problem is that we're trying to figure out, we're throwing darts in the dark about trying to find, you know, who do we target, which population, and does everybody need to be recruited individually and all these other things. And mm. oh, by the way, the clock's still ticking. The recruitment and retention is still a requirement and it's not going away. So right. we've got to figure this out and they got to figure it out quick because we we can't do three more years or three years. Right. A third year, you asked about consequences of this, yeah. right? Now you've got more strain on the active force, right? Mm-hmm. To continue to to fulfill all the missions and requirements as deemed by the president and Congress, right? Has to right. be done. And if they can't do it, then where does it come from? Reserves and National Guard, right? And they just spent 20 years giving more than they actually bargained for, more than they agreed to in many cases sure. during the global war on terror. They, they had a stipulation as an organization, you you know, you deploy... You're home for so many years. You won't deploy again for so many years. And that was kind of hard and fast. A lot of that stuff went out the window. Um, And now if you've got an active force who can't fulfill their roles and responsibilities, that goes back to the reservists. Reserve and National Guard are going to have to start filling those roles just like they did during the global war on terror. And now we've got another strain, right? Because now you've got people who have civilian jobs, nine to five. Now they're going to be gone again. Right. right? That they haven't bargained for. So it's uh, the as this rolls downhill, it just gets worse. We can't mm-hmm. we can't afford in an all volunteer force to to miss the mark for three years in a row. We just can't. I don't want to talk about a draft. That's the scariest possibility there is. Yeah, but- I, I literally was just about to ask you about that. Yeah. I mean, if, if they can't, um, you know, I, I get the whole casting a wide net. I, I think that's a great idea. But, you know, everything else that you've said about it is uh Wow. I mean, they better start thinking really, really fast of how to get the right uh, or or people with the right qualifications or at least, you know, greatest potential to have all the right qualifications, because uh, that that would be the next step, I would imagine. Right. Uh, It's frighteningly that it almost has to go back on the table. Um, and, And but now they're going to have to broach a topic that it comes up every couple of years and everybody in Congress freaks out about it. Mm -hmm. And then it goes back out the window again. And that is signing up for, you know, selective service right now. It is still male only. Mm -hmm. Women are not on the list for the draft. Still not a thing. So, but now that we have a fully integrated military, every job in the military is open to male and female. There there's, there's, Special operations, all of it, right? So the argument for women not to be drafted is, you know, has been off the table, but every time everybody freaks out whenever it comes up. So if they if they right. start talking about reinstituting a draft, which is a frightening, frightening thought, then they have to have the argument of including women into that process. 
Yeah, they have to stop shying away from it. I mean, a decision has to be made. And I honestly, you know, I, I, I guess I'm no help because I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I mean, you know, there's a huge part of me that says, well, fair is fair. You know, we we want every we want same, same. You know, I hate to call it equal. I know they call it equal everything. These, uh, you know, the feminists and and uh, I already think I'm equal. So <laughs> let me rephrase it. I already know I'm equal, but I'm different. And, right. you know, so that's the big uh, obviously that's the big conversation. You know, I personally don't think I need to do the same things that you do in order to be equal to you. But there's obviously that faction of, of society that feels that, you know, if you can, um, you know, be on the front lines, then I can too. But I don't know if they ever really take it to that extent. Do they, they always kind of stop when it comes down to the, the scary stuff. <laughs> well, and and they, you know, they opened it up as I was getting, as I was retiring, it was becoming more, and more prevalent. There were women in the infantry, which is what I did for a living. And for the vast majority of my career, there was, it was, you know, a boys club. There were no mm-hmm. women allowed. And then near the tail end of my career, they allowed women in the infantry. They started allowing them into the special operations community in larger roles. They had been in there for a little while in, in smaller scale for very specific reasons. Um, but they opened up every, every occupation in the military to females. They removed that barrier completely. So mm-hmm. why not remove it when it comes to a draft? Why not? Yeah, why not? There's no reason not to, but it right. has come up in Congress a couple of times and everybody freaks out and then they leave things as is and they just move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to get us to a point where um, we're, we're in dire straits and there's there is no time left to to, to debate. So, you know, action has to be taken. And it yeah. sounds like we're we're right on the verge of that being the case. And uh it's scary. I mean, you're ta- you're talking about, you know, national security. You're talking yep. about, uh, you know, I mean, that's it. That's it right there. You're talking about your national security, uh, the strength of your country and its ability to defend and protect and, and do what needs to be done. And um, we're to, to be at a deficit. That's scary. That's scary. You know, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to bright side it. Can you bright side it? I can't bright side that. There's nothing. I, I mean, if you really want to go like rainbows and unicorns, I'm sure there's a, a grand portion of our or a, a, at least a decent portion of, of our country that will happily say, oh, well, then defense spending will have to go down and then mm-hmm. we'll take that money and we'll use it for education and we'll use it mm-hmm. for, you know, feeding the homeless and, and finding right. them housing and all this other stuff, which we won't. We'll waste it on other crap. We'll send it to Ukraine or we'll send it to I was just going to say, yeah, you know where that's going. We'll send it on somebody (laughs) else's defense and not our own. But, you know, in the decline of our military, which is what we're on the cusp of, right? Step one is not funding it correctly. And step two is not manning it correctly. So Mm -hmm. we're we're getting there, right? We're getting to a very dangerous level where that's a reality. Um, But no, there's no rainbow in this. Nothing good comes out of this, period. Right. Absolutely. All right. We got to we got to leave them with something, something, uh, something bright and cheery or uh, amusing or entertaining. Should we leave them with something amusing and entertaining or just leave them leave them feeling dismal and dark? I, you. This is on you. This one's this one's <laughs> totally on you. All right. So listen, so Clay brought the 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 big topics, the good topics. And uh, I'm going to take on the role of bringing you the fluff. I'm going to give you such a stupid piece of fluff. Are you ready for it? Here it is. 
You read that down there? This is our fluff. We are going to talk about Marin Morris, and we're only going to give her a few seconds. We'll give her like, we'll give her two minutes. We're going to give her two minutes. So if you don't know, Marin Morris is a, uh, is a country, uh, uh, to me, pseudo country music star. She's a, I think, Grammy Award winner. Um, I'm not going to lie. She got a couple of tunes I found uh, catchy, entertaining. I don't know if they really, in my opinion, are really very country. Uh, but you know, she's, I would say she, I will give her the credit and say that she is talented. Here she is. Uh, that is her, the permanent look on her face. She's a very pretty girl, but she always has that. I just ate something bad expression on her face. And I don't, you know, um, but this is kind of indicative of her, of her entire personality. She got into a big feud. I'll share this with you with the, with these two. If anybody knows this story, I'm preaching to the choir. But if you don't know, this is Jason Aldean and his wife, uh, Brittany Aldean, more country music stars. And uh, so they had this big feud. So I lo- the gossip, I always pretend like I don't know. I don't know any of these things that they're doing, but I do. I do. Uh, so... Jason Aldean's wife posted something about being happy to be a girl or happy that her a couple months ago, a few, few months ago about, uh, you know, loving that her parents did not uh, let her or turn her into a boy when she went through a tomboy phase. Well, Maren Morris kind of lost her shit about that and was found it very offensive and, uh, you know, non-inclusive and all the all of the buzzwords, uh, very mad. So they've had this country music feud going on. And um, the the result of all this, apparently, is that Maren Morris has decided to leave country music. She's done with it. She doesn't want any part of it. She's gone. And um, to that, I, I, I'm I hoping you're all going to say this with me out loud, in your head, whatever the case is. But I'm pretty sure we all have a collective, who cares? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, so that, guys, that is your fluff piece. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that Marin Morris is leaving country music. Are you going to be okay? I, uh, I'm i going to take a moment of of reflection. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I don't really care. <laughs> Clay, how much do you care about that? Are you are you like a little little clipped about it? <laughs> First of all, I don't want to country music. Second of all, I have no idea who she is, and but it is very <laughs> indicative of the entire celebrity at, you know society of their self-importance right how many people yeah. do we see off trump gets elected i'm leaving i'm going to Canada. they're all still here none they're of them all left. every you know, single one of them i'm doing this you know i can't stand sean penn truthfully i i can't but i give the guy a lot of credit that sure. guy has stood on his morals he has kept up his beliefs adamantly loudly mm-hmm. Through all of this. Now, yeah. he's done some dumb stuff along the way, but that guy is stuck to his guns. That guy yeah. I'll give credit to. I don't like him, but I give him a lot of credit. The rest right. of them, it's all fluff. It's all garbage. Oh, yeah. And all they do is talk. And this yeah. young lady who I've never seen before, I thought when you flip that up there, I was like, is she a Kardashian? Because that's what she looks like. <laughs> she totally um, looks like a Kardashian. You're right? so right. I, I, I don't I don't know who she is. And I really don't care. Not even yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, all of the topics that we talked about tonight, people are, are not going to say a single word. I'm just kidding. I know they're going to say things, but they're going to not say anything, but they're going to comment about the Marin Morris thing and say either, I don't know who she is either, or they're going to say, I know who she is and I don't care. Good riddance, goodbye, whatever the case. But, you know, the, the general message I hope that she gets is no one cares. Live yeah. your life. 
You know, you're same thing when, uh, when Taylor Swift made her big departure from from country music to go be a pop star. Um, I don't think this girl's going to have the same success. I just just a prediction here. I could be wrong. But yeah. So, guys, there was your piece of fluff in in all of our serious talk, a bit of uh, who the heck cares. But here's what we want from you. We want to hear what you think on these topics. We want to hear your input. Um, uh, it's okay if you disagree with us. We will allow it, right, Clay? We'll allow him to disagree. I mean, what is there to disagree about, though? I mean, we're we're just we're just right. <laughs> Listen, it, it, adult grown up discussion, right? That's what we're looking for. You yes. know, that's I, you're going to disagree with me all day. Happens to me all the time. Anybody mm-hmm. who follows me, follows my blogs, or watches me on social media, people disagree with me all the time. It's okay. Yep. I don't care. That's, that's the way we're. That's the way things are supposed to happen. So if you want to express your opinion, please do so in the comments. Yes, we love it. We love it. We think it's fun. So uh, please do. And you never know. You know, if you if you want to engage in a topic or if you have topic ideas for us, we'd love to hear about it. And maybe we'll put it up on the screen and do all kinds of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And um, we thank you for joining us for another episode. We look forward to bringing you more and more and more. Uh, We should have some interviews coming up for you pretty soon and uh, more great topics. So uh, thanks for watching, guys. Thanks, everybody. Hey, the book's out there. Amazon. Keep moving. Keep shooting. Guarantee you'll love it. Yes, you will. I know you will. So make sure you go get it. Take care, guys. Hey everyone, Donald Lowry here, and I'm the marketing director for Contra Radio Network. You know what helps me sleep well? Physical gold. Gold IRAs help people diversify. The best gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals, with thousands of happy customers. Learn why Americans get gold IRAs. Get Augusta's free guide. Text CONTRA to 68592. That's C-O-N-T-R-A to 68592. Or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Have you or someone you know ever had a hard drive crash? Or maybe your cell phone or tablet died, taking all of your pictures with it. You've thought about backing up your data, but all of the plans out there cost too much money for just a little bit of storage space. Well, now there's a solution. Got backup? That's right, Got Backup will allow you to back up unlimited devices, up to six terabytes of data for only $9.97 a month. And that's not all. You can earn commissions by referring friends and family too. Got Backup is the only data storage center that allows you to earn income on your referrals. Check out Got Backup now. Log on to john-jeffers.com. That's john-jeffers.com. Log on now.